listening to the Paul McGuire Report. This is Paul McGuire. Wherever you are listening from or watching from on planet Earth or the United States of America, welcome to the Paul McGuire Report. On today's program, once again, we're going to blow open the doors of falsehood, illusion, mind control, scientific or otherwise, and reveal to you the facts of what's really going on. Why? Because there's a fundamental truth that I believe in and you believe in, or you wouldn't be listening to the Paul McGuire Report. The fundamental truth is this. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. So the, so the critical point here is that whether it's science or medical, or whether it's biological or genetic, or whether it has to do with physics, black physics, or otherwise, whatever scientific, sociological, technological uh, category we might examine and explore in, in the search for truth, the search for facts, when we finally arrive at determining what the facts are or what the truth is, that should have a liberating, an absolutely liberating force upon our lives. Why? Because when you discover the truth, not falsehood, not illusion, when you discover the truth and you operate in the truth and you live in the truth, it totally transforms your inner mind, your inner man, your inner woman, your consciousness, the way you relate to reality. In fact, if you are capable, and most people are not, I would surmise that you are capable or you wouldn't listen to the program. Most people, though, are not capable of aggressively pursuing the truth and then discerning what the truth is. They're not willing to spend the time. They're not willing to do their homework. They're not willing to do research because, guess what? It requires effort to arrive at the truth. So, for example, the great American inventor, Thomas Alva Edison, the inventor of many things, such as the light bulb, the phonograph, the motion picture projector, uh, and so many other electronic, electrical inventions came out of the mind of Thomas Alva Edison. So these were true things that he, that he discovered, such as the light bulb. Now, he was avidly pursuing the invention of the light bulb for years in his laboratory. Thomas Alva Edison Laboratories, or Edison Labs. I believe they were located in New Jersey at that time. Maybe they still are, I don't know. In any case, Thomas Alva Edison was, he was a genius, but guess what? And this is one of the things that I labor and I pray that as a listener of the Paul McGuire Report, as a reader of the books that I've written, uh, as someone who listens carefully to the sequential order and the fact that I present to you truth and information and answers, but I don't leave you in the same place. We just don't circle the same place over and over again in a repetitive manner. What we do is we discover and unravel the truth, and then we use that discovery like a launching platform. This has nothing to do with Elon Musk, whether you like him or not, but the point is that. Uh, you've seen Elon Musk launch those SpaceX rockets. I think he has something like 62,000 SpaceX rockets on, sched on schedule to shoot up into our atmosphere and orbit the Earth for, for a variety of technologies. Now, Elon Musk, well, I'm going to do a whole program on him. And man, that pro you, need, you need to catch that program because I have come across research 
regarding Musk that will blow your mind, and it'll literally blow your mind into orbit. I talk about some of this in my book, uh, Power from on High, which you need to get, by the way, and read. See, because the strategy behind these books and this truth is that one truth builds upon another, which builds upon another, and then there's a quantum leap effect where there's a multiplicity of acceleration where then once you prime the pump of truth, the truth starts to to emerge fast and furious in your life, not in a synergistic manner, not in a in a force multiplier manner, but in the manner of what happens when you accumulate very important truths, and you remember how you derived at these truths. And then all of a sudden, you wake up one day and you realize as a byproduct of your diligence and your homework, as a byproduct of all that, you have inadvertently taught your brain, your neurological pathways in your brain, you've taught your brain how to derive and arrive at solutions to all kinds of problems, whether they're technical, economic, relational or whatever, you have taught your mind to think in a accelerated, a vastly accelerated manner, which yields far more productivity uh, than you could imagine. And I don't want to get into it too much right now, but one of the themes that you will read in my books when you read them is that I deal with multiple themes in each book, and the themes build upon one another as you go from book to book to book to the most recent book, which is Power from on High, and the book before that was The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World. In those books, and especially in the order that they were written in, in those books is a, a, a multiplying effect, where truth is multiplying because you've taught yourself, you've taught your brain neurologically how to discover truth at a, at a far higher velocity. And so with far less effort, this is the equation, by the way, with far less effort, you are able to achieve far more results than ever before in the area of your, the fruit of your mental capacities. And this is important because this is one of the ways that God wants to bless you if you will study his book outside of the box and look at life outside of the box. And I teach this especially in numerous books, like A Prophecy of the Future of America, Volume 1 and 2, The Day the Dollar Died, Are You Ready?, The Greatest Battle, Conquering the Matrix, uh, Power from on High, and so on and so forth. When you read those books, there's an incremental climb to a higher level of Consciousness, and I don't mean that in the New Age sense, I mean it in the sense of truth. And that's why Jesus Christ said these words to us, you shall know the truth, and that's truth in any area of life. You shall know the truth, and when you know the truth, when, you, when you've cracked it open, you shall know the truth, Jesus said, and the truth will set you free. So when you study, when you pursue truth like it tells you to do in the book of Proverbs, the end result is a multiplying the multiplying power of truth in your life. And all of a sudden you discover that you have a, it's like you have a superpower. And one day you wake up to the fact, it's not magic, it's not the new age, you wake up to the fact that because you were obeying basic biblical principles, which we do in this program, the Paul McGuire Report, and one of the biblical principles that we adhere to 
foundationally is establishing everything on a biblical worldview and doing what Jesus Christ told us to do when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. So Jesus Christ is the truth. So in, in summary, Jesus Christ is salvation. That's the ultimate embodiment of truth. All right, so let's, let's remember that, and then let's move on. The Bible is the only book ever written that is without error, and that has been supernaturally inspired. So the Bible is the, is the inspired and supernatural Word of God. It's a supernatural book written supernaturally by the power of the Holy Spirit through men. The author of the book, the Bible, God Almighty, the Supreme Being, the infinite personal living God of the universe, the God of the Bible, wrote the book supernaturally. Through his Spirit, he moved upon men and caused them, under the divine inspiration of the Spirit of God, he caused these men to write the inspired and inerrant Word of God. Now, because God is all-knowing, because God knows the, the, the end from the beginning, because God is omnis, omniscient, stumbled on that, sorry, because God knows everything, then you can tap into that infinite knowledge of God, and that will give you the, the tangible as well as the spiritual power to overcome and be more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus regarding any problem or challenge you face here on earth. And so every time you read the Word of God or you hear somebody read it like, I will often read a, a scripture verse or scripture verses, or I will paraphrase very closely to the original biblical verses. I will talk about them in the form of a paraphrase. So what you're getting is a download of supernatural truth and supernatural power and supernatural knowledge, which has a very positive benefit in your life. Okay, so here we are in uh, the last days. And when we know what the Bible says about the last days, we can glean from those truths practical uh, wisdom, guidance, decision-making power, not only on a geopolitical, political <clears throat> level, but uh, on a relational level, a person-to-person -person level, etc., etc. So, one of the things that we learn in the Bible is that there are two nations, basically, two nations that God sovereign, sovereignly rose up by his divine and supernatural power, and that is the nation of Israel and the nation of America. Both were largely built, they were imperfect, but they were largely built on biblical principles. And to the degree that they adhered to the biblical principles, they, uh, they prospered, and God raised them up supernaturally and their economy prospered, their science prospered, their industry prospered, their society prospered. They prospered in every way and in every direction. It was as if they had supernatural knowledge, and in fact, they did have supernatural knowledge. Now, we, we thought we were smarter than God, we Americans, in the last you know, 50 or 60 years, and we discovered rudely that we're not smarter than God. Uh, God is all-knowing, and we don't know a fraction of what God knows. So we, we find out and we read about things. So let's just give you a couple of examples. We have right now the, the most aggressive move towards global government the world has ever seen. 
It's being propelled and organized and financed by the World Economic Forum, who, who took what was formerly called the One World Government, the One World Religion, the One World Economic System, or the New World Order. They took that New World Order, they rebranded it, and now they call what was formerly called the New World Order is now called the Great Reset. And it, it, this is a transhumanist revolution inspired and energized by Lucifer in part of his coup to dethrone God and become uh, the, the, the Luciferian elite or the, or the temporary rulers of planet Earth. It's a conspiracy, if you will. And it is a plot, it is a ploy uh, of Lucifer working with mankind to seize control of planet Earth. Now, God looks at mankind and history from the big picture. Lucifer also looks at mankind and history largely from the big picture. And, and what God sees and what uh, Lucifer sees, sometimes they're, they're very parallel on the tracks they, they move down. But oftentimes there are very conspicuous changes and departures that those following God will end up taking versus those following uh, Satan will end up taking. So what, what do I mean by that? Well, what I mean is when we understand that nothing in this reality is random, although you have been taught the lie, the mythology, that much of what history is, much of what current events are, much of what science is, including the, the bogus science known as the theory of evolution concocted by Charles Darwin. The theory of evolution is a fantasy. It is, it is made up out of the product of man's imagination. It is not true. It was never true. Mankind did not come into being through some process of random chance or might makes right. <clears throat> and mankind didn't just evolve randomly by accidental chance over a period of like 200 million years. Mankind did not evolve from nothing. It wasn't a pure chance operation. And, and to, to lower your intellect to believe that stupidity, you have to have something deficient in your mind to begin with, because the theory of evolution is so inherently flawed that it disintegrates when you examine it. Now, what really happened since the, since the uh, theory of evolution was not responsible for the, the so-called evolving of mankind, what really happened was that mankind uh, was created by a super-intelligent God known as the Supreme Being, or the infinite personal living God of the universe. This infinite personal living God of the universe created mankind, created the world, created the oceans, the seas, the fish, the birds, uh, the vegetation, um, the, the, the mathematical equations that run our universe, the, the supreme being. And notice that God, the true God, the biblical God, is not this blast of energy or cosmic consciousness. He is an infinite personal God of the, of the universe. And he is composed of divine love. He's all-knowing, but he also has divine love. And he knows the end from the beginning. And so when he writes the Bible through men, He's using his Holy Spirit to draw on his foreknowledge of what is going to come in the future and what is going to come in the immediate future. So that entire methodology of knowing what's going to happen before it happens 
only the biblical God has that power. Many people who claim to be God, like the gods of the Hindus and the Buddhists and Eastern mysticism, etc., they claim to be God, but they cannot come up with any coherent sense of the truth and the future of mankind, which is racing towards us right now. Okay, you're listening to the Paul McGuire Report on Paul McGuire. Be sure to visit paulmcguire.us. Help stand with us. Ask God what you can do and whatever God puts on your heart. Write a donation or a contribution and stand with us as we communicate and proclaim the truth. Also, pray for us as a spiritual prayer warrior and uh, help us fight and win this war of lies, which means help us to defeat the rigging wars. And you can visit paulmcguire.us, that's paulmcguire.us, and find out practical ways that you can do that. And also practical ways that you can increase the power God has given you, the gifting God has given you, so that you can be an overcomer in whatever God has called you to do. This is Paul McGuire. Visit paulmcguire.us. You are listening to the Paul McGuire Report. Yesterday, I was reading from my book, Are You Ready? I'm going to read a little bit from my book, Are You Ready? Now, uh, a chapter entitled A Very Ancient Real Estate Contract. <clears throat> and in this uh, part of the book, I, I teach on and I explain simply the, the supernatural covenant or supernatural uh, contract that God made with the physical descendants of Abraham. God promised by covenant to give them the physical land of Israel as an everlasting covenant to the physical descendants of Abraham. Now, the reason it's an everlasting covenant is because there's nothing that can come into the picture. There's no potential disobedience by the Jews or anybody else. There's nothing that can happen in, in this reality zone that we live in that that has the power to derail the everlasting covenant that God made with the physical descendants of Abraham. So it says that in the last days, and that's the time immediately before the return of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, in the last days, God promises to supernaturally cause the physical descendants of Israel to come back into the physical land of Israel and possess it, and live in Israel. And God then promises to supernaturally defend the nation of Israel and to maintain this supernatural covenant with the physical descendants of Abraham. And this is not contingent uh, on the Jews being perfect, good, righteous, or holy. It's imperative to understand that. In the same way, um, Christians are saved not because they're good, perfect, righteous, and holy. Christians are saved totally on the basis of unmerited favor or what is theologically known as grace, unearned favor. So every one of us knows what this means. You and I are saved purely by faith in Christ, and we are not saved. Our sins are not forgiven based on any level of performance or goodness or, or righteous track record that we may maintain. It's not that those things are not vitally important, because they are vitally important. But when, when the day is done, you and I are saved totally out of unmerited favor or grace. In the same way, theologically, the Jews are given the promised land, which is the physical land of Israel. 
They are given the promised land. They are called back supernaturally to inherit the promised land in the last days, purely based by unmerited favor or grace, not their performance. So the people always point to the fact and say, well, the Jews are immoral, the Jews this, the Jews whatever. That all may be true, but it has nothing to do with the intent of the covenant, of the Abrahamic covenant. It may be well true that many Christians are hypocrites and, and live, live double, double lives and all kinds of weird stuff, okay? But that has nothing to do with the fact that Christians are saved not based on their performance, but they're saved based on unmerited favor or grace. In the same exact manner, the Jews are saved because God, the Jews are granted the promised land, which is the, the physical descendants of Israel are granted the promised land based purely on the sovereign will of God. It has nothing to do with how good they are or their performance. And, and if you don't have that nut and bolt screwed in tight, you're going to walk around with a lot of rattling going on between your ears. And I talk to a lot of Christians who know a little bit about the Bible, just enough about the Bible so that you could hear the hollow emptiness between their ears in their brain shell. And, and what you hear is a lot of rattling and clunking and clacking going on as the mechanical nuts and bolts are, are banging around inside their hollow brain. And they try to figure out through natural means what only can be discovered by understanding God's supernatural means. That's not complicated. That's really simple if you stick to the Word of God. Okay, so the U.S. State Department and the United Nations, which is the U.S. State Department is working, by the way, secretly, covertly, the U.S. State Department is working with the United Nations. The, the, the whole purpose of the United Nations is to usher in the one world government depicted in the book of Revelation and Bible prophecy. That's the purpose of the UN. And they don't, both America and the UN does not fully understand the, the true historical background of the present day conflict in uh, Israel between the physical descendants of Abraham and uh, the Muslims and the Arabs and, and many of the, the Middle Eastern nations. They, they try to understand it, but because they reject the Bible, which is the primary source of authoritative information regarding, regarding Israel and the Middle East, since they reject that, they will perpetually always be at a loss when it comes to trying to figure out the truth. So, in one of my other chapters entitled, The History of the Conflict with Israel. So, before Hamas invaded Israel, before the 1967 Six-Day War, before all these wars and conflicts between Israel and their neighbors in the Middle East, there is, a, there is a vast history regarding the conflict with Israel. But it starts with, you have to have the biblical understanding. You have to have a biblical knowledge of history. And by the way, the Bible is perhaps one of the single most authoritative historical books of any book ever written in the history of mankind. So it's not just a spiritual book. The Bible, because of its impeccable accountability, the Bible is one of the most powerful uh, historical books ever written, and one of the most reliable historical books ever written. So the Bible is an impeccable historical source. Now, 
God gave the land of Israel to Abraham and his physical descendants or his seed. Notice how important his seed is, or, or the word seed is. Do a Bible study on the seed or his seed. Start in Genesis and go all the way through to the book of Revelation. See how meticulously God um, speaks to us regarding the DNA, the genetic code of certain nations and peoples and groups and their genetic family lines and their uh, genetic uh, lines of DNA. You don't blow past that. You you lock into it and you meditate on it and you and you mine it for the depths of riches and knowledge that it contains. So, um, we have to understand. I'm just going to read this from my book to you. The book is uh, Are You Ready? Although God gave the land of Israel to Abraham and his descendants, there arises complications in Abraham's family line. Abraham had several sons, such as Ishmael who was born to Sarah's Egyptian maid, Hagar. Abraham and Sarah had Isaac. He had six other sons through Keturah, whom he married after Sarah died. Although God directly promised Abraham and Sarah that they would have an heir, they did not believe that God took matters into their own. Okay, they did not believe God. So, so this is the problem, the same problem you and I often have. God promised Abraham and Sarah that the, the fact that Sarah could not get pregnant and this was a big problem. God <clears throat> promised uh, He promised Abraham and Sarah that uh, that they would have an heir. And but but they they rejected. They didn't believe God's promise. And so I write. They did not believe God and took matters into their own hands. So when you read Genesis fifteen three to five, it states, "Quote." Then Abraham said, "Look, you have given me no offspring." Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. Behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, speaking of Ishmael, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. So shall your descendants be. He shall see that God directly promises Abraham an heir from his own body. This has to do with God promising Abraham and Sarah an heir from their own bodies or their own DNA. So we can say accurately that Adam, that, that God Almighty, the biblical God, made a promise to Abraham and Sarah. He made a DNA promise. To Abraham and Sarah to give them an heir composed of their unique genetic code or DNA. And that is powerful. The DNA of God is destined to dominate planet Earth. So after thousands of years of wars and struggle and pollution and corruption of human DNA, especially by the fallen angels who mated with human women and corrupted the human race because the human women began to give birth to hybrid beings who were part uh, fallen angel and part human female DNA. But it gets more intense than that. Okay? Out of, out of the DNA of Abraham and Sarah, God promises to give them uh, offspring and an heir. 
And then I continue to write, Abraham and his wife Sarah were getting old. Sarah had borne Abraham no children, so Abraham and Sarah attempted to fulfill the promise of God through their own human manipulation. Sarah convinced Abraham to have sexual relations with her Egyptian maidservant, Hagar. Abraham got Hagar pregnant. She conceived a boy named Ishmael. However, Sarah hated Hagar after this happened, and this caused Hagar to flee with Ishmael into the wilderness. God had compassion on Hagar. He sent an angel to meet him by saying, by a spring of water in the wilderness. The angel told her to return to Sarah and to submit herself to her. Then the angel of the Lord um, gave Hagar a promise. God would multiply her descendants exceedingly, and they would be counted as a great multitude. Okay, so so what happened was your typical, you know, soap opera, TV episodic TV show mindset of, of the fallen nature and fallen minds of uh, Abraham and Sarah. So they scheme and concoct through their flesh a humanly uh, manipulated uh, earth. And, and so, she, so Sarah is so def- desperate and so not trusting in God that um, Sarah uh, first convinces Abraham to, ha- to have uh, sexual relations with her Egyptian maidservant, Hagar. Then Abraham got Hagar pregnant. I mean, think about this. This is pretty like, well, one, it's racy stuff, but two, you know, I mean, most women and men would not go easy uh, giving up their husband or wife to another man or woman. It just doesn't, you know, work well, if you know what I mean. Okay, so um, so yet God had compa- So then uh, Sarah convinces uh, Abraham to have a sexual relationship with Hagar, uh, even though it potentially means a real threat to her. But Hagar gets pregnant through Abraham, and the boy is named Ishmael. However, Sarah hated Hagar after this happened. Now, this is typical human nature. Sarah hates Hagar because Hagar gets pregnant, and she now is jealous, of course, that she has not given her husband uh, uh, an heir, but Hagar, her handmaid, has given uh, Abraham an heir. And that gets very complicated, and you can figure out the complications. So God God has compassion on Hagar, and they flee to the wilderness to, to protect their lives. And God sends an angel to meet her by the spring of water in the wilderness. The angel told her to return to Sarah and to submit herself to her. Now, people normally don't behave like that. You know that, and I know that. Think of any group of women or group of men that you know. You think that in any circumstance, people would voluntarily behave this way? No. It's the opposite of what human nature would do. Okay? So, but God steps into it because even though, and listen carefully here, even though Abraham and Sarah completely blow it, completely detonate and blow up God's plan for their lives by forcing it, by Sarah forcing her husband psychologically to sleep with Hagar. Then Hagar gets pregnant with with Ishmael, and this is all a mess now. But it does not, in the final analysis, all this disobedience and all this nonsense does not derail the supernatural plan for God for their lives. So what I'm telling you is, just because of their sin, the sin of Sarah, the sin of Abraham, and the big sin here being that 
that Sarah coerces Abraham to have sex with Hagar, and Hagar gets pregnant with Abraham's seed, and that boy is named Ishmael. Now, you would think it's over. They blew it. They made a fatal mistake, and they blew it. But notice the theme in the Bible, un, unmerited favor, grace, unmerited favor. You, God gives you not what you deserve. Instead, God will often give you uh, what he promised you based on grace, unmerited, unearned favor. So here is another example of unearned favor regarding the, the, descendant of, uh, the descendants of Abraham and Sarah. Ishmael is the product of unmerited favor. And so, so there's a biblical precedent for God keeping his promises to the Jews, to the physical descendants of Israel, uh, despite their disobedience, that despite their breaking of God's commandments. And we see right here a, a prophetic foreshadowing. Look at it. We see right here a prophetic foreshadowing of God blessing Sarah, God blessing Sarah and Abraham with an heir, even though they tried to manipulate it by disobeying God. God responds by sending an angel to, to, to bail them out of the big mistake they made. In the same way, Israel today has made a mess of things in countless different ways. But God has not obliterated them, and God has, despite what Christians who don't know their Bibles very well continually teach erroneously from the Word of God, despite the, the bad Bible teaching and the misunderstanding of the Bible by Christians, what God has done with Israel is the same thing he did with you and I, and it's the same thing he did with Abraham and Sarah, that he didn't, he didn't stamp them out. He kept his promise to them to give them an heir. And later on, we see that even though Israel makes many mistakes, and, and technically Israel forfeits their right to the land in many ways, God still gives them, the physical descendants of Israel, he still gives them supernaturally the land of Israel. And that's why Israel is still there today in the Middle East and why the enemies of Israel cannot destroy them. It's a supernatural protection. Okay. Also, we see that God blesses Ishmael. Okay. And God prophetically understands. So I'm going to read you some of the uh, Genesis 16, 11 to 12. Behold, you are with child, and you shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has heard your affliction. He shall be a wild man. This is, this is somewhat a prophetic understanding of the genetic nature and the DNA predisposition of many people in the Arab world, um, many people in the Middle East. They have a, a I believe, a DNA-embedded personality trait where the descendants of Ishmael and Ishmael himself it says his, he shall be like, like a wild man. So, so he, that's his temperament. His hand shall be against every man. He's a contentious race, a fighting race, a warring race. That is a description of, of Ishmael and his descendants. His hand shall be against every man, and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. Which means... Ishmael and his descendants, which eventually become the Palestinians, etc., they all get traced back to Ishmael. And the descendants of Ishmael, the Bible says, will live in the midst of the Jews and the other nations in, in 
the Middle East. All because of, we know this because of God's prophetic word. So, uh, I'll continue reading from my book, Are You Ready? Which you can get at a discount at paulmcguire.us, you ought to grab it. Here we see some interesting things about Ishmael and his modern day descendants, the Palestinians, Muslims, and Arabs. Genesis 16 states that he will be like a, a wild man, and his hand shall be against every man. There is a militancy and aggression in the genetic descendants of Ishmael, which we see today as they oppose Israel. However, even though Sarah and Abraham concocted a human plan to fulfill God's promise, God was still faithful to Abraham. Genesis 17, 15-21 states, Then God said to Abraham, As for Sarah, as for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. So when you hear the name Abraham, ha, ha, or Sarah, the emphasis or the, the, the proper literary way to, to use their names, God changed Abraham's name from uh, Abraham to Abraham, ha. And God changed Sarai's name to Sarah, ha, ha. I'm not just making noises because I'm bored. <laughs> so if this is the only part of the show that you've caught, well, I don't believe in good luck, but I would say good luck. I'm trying to, uh, admittedly, uh, not in the most tasteful way. <laughs> I'm trying to teach you what many of you already know, and that is when God did a supernatural work in the life of Abraham and Sarah, the ha huh, uh, means God. The power of God, the breath of God. See, their fundamental identity, their fundamental identities were, were radically changed when Abraham, God changed his name uh, to Abraham, with the ha, and to Sarai, which is what her name originally was, she was renamed Sarah, ha, ha, meaning God. So Abraham, like God, Sarah, God. So their names were, were like connected directly linguistically to God. Their, their core identities were, they were transformed forever, and that, that revealed itself in the transformation linguistically of their actual names. Now their names were fused with the name of God. That's heavy, baby. That's heavy. Okay. Um, I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant. That means it never ends and with his descendants after him. Um, then, then I continue. The Bible is clear that God promised to bless the descendants of Ishmael. However, the direct heirs of Abraham are the descendants of Isaac. These are the Jews to whom the land of Israel has been promised. Now, it's important, again, to understand that, that you know, the Catholic Church believes that they are the heirs to Israel and Jerusalem. That's not true. Many Christians uh, believe that it is Christians who are the heirs to uh, Israel and Jerusalem. And that is not true. According to the Word of God in numerous places, the only legitimate heirs to the, land, to the physical land of Israel, to Jerusalem and Israel, the only physical heirs are the physical descendants of Abraham. And then it goes on through their DNA, which, which means the descendants of Isaac. 
These are the Jews to whom the land of Israel has been promised. Isaac was miraculously born to Abraham and Sarah. It is through Isaac that the promises of the land and the coming Messiah would be fulfilled. The scripture makes it clear that it is not the descendants of Ishmael who are to be uh, heirs of the land, but the descendants of Isaac. The modern Arabs claim to be direct descendants of Ishmael and lay claim to the promises they were given to Isaac. In fact, the Muslims completely twist the scripture and claim that it was Ishmael who was the son of the promise and not Isaac. The source of the current Middle East conflict is Islam's claim that the land belongs to them because the promise of the land was made to Ishmael and not Isaac. Then I continue to write, Isaac had two sons, Esau and Jacob. And and we'll continue on later. But the critical thing here is chasing is, is tracing the DNA, chasing the uh, tracing the genetic code from Abraham and Sarah, and God's supernatural blessing and, and the fulfillment of God's promise upon them. And that promise continues. It goes back over four thousand years. Uh, this conflict. This biblical conflict that, that's happening now between Hamas and Israel and these other nations, it goes back over 4,000 years. It starts with Ishmael. And the root of this ancient conflict over land starts with Ishmael. Um, so we read in Genesis 16 that, that Ishmael, he shall be a wild man, and his hand will be against every man, and every man's hand against him. I write, some biblical experts believe that this is a prophetic statement. Ishmael and his descendants will be contentious and involve themselves in continuous wars and conflicts, especially against Israel throughout the centuries. So this is powerful stuff. This is, this is the real reason. There's a, there's a supernatural spiritual jealousy. We also have the devil or Satan who wants to steal what is not his. Remember. Satan is, right now, as we speak, he's leading a coup d'etat against God or Jesus Christ. According to Bible prophecy, the temple in Jerusalem is going to be completely rebuilt, and then the time will come when the Antichrist will set himself up inside of the rebuilt temple of God in Jerusalem, and from that temple, the Antichrist will demand that the entire world worships him as God. So Satan wants to be God and worshipped as God. So he sets himself up in the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem. But that, just because Satan is trying to be God with the warring angelic armies, the fallen angels, doesn't mean he's going to succeed. He fails, because even though Satan is attempting to to be worshipped, he's, he's forcing the world to worship him as God. Even though that's going on, and there's a global conflict, Satan is trying to, what is the purpose of Armageddon? What is the purpose of World War III? What, what, are, what is the purpose of the war of Gog and Magog? Ultimately, the root purpose behind all the other superficial purposes is the fact that Satan or Lucifer is behind these Armageddon wars, these Gog and Magog wars. Uh, Satan is behind these massive conflicts. Why? Because Satan believes that by working through sinful man and sinful nations, He can, by military force, conquer the world and rule the world, because Satan is lusting to be the king of kings and lord of lords. 
But that is that is something that is only given to Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So when this is going to transpire, and the signs of the times are like an alarm clock blaring in our ears, it's telling us that the end of the age is upon us. So, you know, hey folks, the end of the age is upon us. Might be a good idea that we wake up before the end of the age actually lands on our heads in a very bizarre analogy, like like the house was going to land on the head of Dorothy and Toto. Well, the whole world system is going to land on our heads if we, as believers in Christ, don't start obeying God and start doing what God clearly commanded us to do in the Bible, which is to occupy the land until he comes. And that land is the land that he's given us, like America, but to occupy the land is also prophetically referring to the, the physical land of Israel. Okay, because if we don't occupy the land of Israel, Armageddon and all hell is going to break loose. So it is Satan behind all these wars, World War III, Armageddon, etc., etc. It's Satan who's behind all these wars, and we are at the very end of the age. You're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. So you look at the EU, which appears to be uh, a, the revived Roman Empire. And, and it, it is very possible that the EU, functioning as a revived Roman Empire, is going to get connected to the United States of America. And so it is quite possible that the EU connected to uh, America becomes the revived Roman Empire, of which the Daniel had an interpretation of the dream and vision of the emperor of Babylon, where he saw that, that giant vision of a giant statue, and on the feet of the statue, uh, of this giant statue, which represent, represented the four giant world empires, or the four giant Gentile world empires, and the revived Roman Empire is depicted in this giant statue as uh, having clay feet and iron toes. Why? Why the funky clay feet and iron toes thing? Iron uh, toes and clay feet is because the, the organizational, political, and economic structure that holds together this one-world government and this revived Roman Empire in the last days out of which the Antichrist and the false prophet is going to emerge, it is built on something inherently fragile, which is clay feet, and, and clay feet can be chipped away, broken with a rock, so, so it's a fragile statue. But the clay feet are mixed with the iron toes, and that represents a fragile, a fragility. The toes are iron, which are strong, but the toes are connected to uh, clay feet, which means they can snap off, they can break apart, they can crumble into pieces. It's not a stable structure. And what God is saying to us prophetically is this, this global government that Lucifer is going to try to bring in as a counterfeit heaven, this global government will be a fragile government. It may have artificial intelligence, it may have, you know, uh, uh, microchip implant, neural implants, cashless society, all the rest of that stuff. It may have all those goodies, so to speak, but it's fragile, and it's, it, it is inherently crumbling. Why is it inherently crumbling? Because it was never built by God. So, it can, it, it, so we can say accurately, it was never built to last. 
The only thing that is built to last are the things that God himself creates, because God is eternal, and what he creates and what he builds is eternal and everlasting. So we have to remember this. Now, we are in a period of time that anyone who calls themselves a a Bible-believing Christian, your eyes and the eyes of your friends and the church that you go to and pastors or whatever Christian leaders you're listening to or whatever, your eyes should be wide open to the super reality of prophetic fulfillment happening everywhere right now across the world at a speed and a level that it has never happened before at. So we live with the signs of the times exploding all around us. This invasion of Hamas and the counter-invasion by Israel is directly connected to the Russian-Ukraine conflict and the European Union conflict, and America is involved underneath, behind the scenes, as well as communist China. And do not be so naive as to think that it says in the Bible that America uh, cannot be harmed or America uh, will not suffer any negative consequences of this global conflict. It doesn't say that in the Bible, so don't start saying it. We have been warned by God that there's a very powerful spiritual principle at work right now in the body of Christ in America and across the world. It is called the eternal law of God. It is the law of sowing and reaping. Whatever you sow in terms of seed, whatever you sow, you shall also reap. So if you sow love, you will reap love. If you sow hatred, you will reap hatred. <clears throat> this is what God is saying. And it's, it's an eternal law that God established in this world and the universe, because God is love. Now, the important thing to remember is that America right now has never been more vulnerable in its history than right now. So America is right now at the pinnacle of its vulnerability, fragility, and and very easily America could be attacked in an unthinkable manner. So whatever we think of <clears throat> of what happened in Lahaina with the directed energy weapons, which essentially vaporized that part of Maui and Lahaina, whatever we think of this massive unexpected invasion by Hamas against Israel, the the the, the massive storehouses of biological weapons in the Ukraine and the and the Russian Ukraine conflict and all these conflicts going on, including uh, the weaponization of artificial intelligence, these are unprecedented, high-alert war warnings. And America is hanging by a piece of thread precariously. So every Christian should know inside of them, because the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, the, the Holy Spirit, which is the teacher, lives inside of us. Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit live inside of us. And Jesus is constantly communicating to us, downloading to us. Jesus is speaking to us prophetically through his word and through reality on a constant basis. Plus, we have the word of God and Bible prophecy. So, anybody who knows the Bible and knows Bible prophecy knows that that our reality today is literally infused with the fulfillment of the signs of the times in Bible prophecy. Bible prophecy is exploding all around us at a very accelerated rate right now. And so 
anyone who knows even a, a marginal amount about Bible prophecy knows how the knows fully right now. There's no pastor, no preacher, no teacher, no Christian leader, no Christian author, no Christian Bible study leader. Anyone claiming to be a Christian and claiming to have a knowledge of what's coming or, or, or an appraisal of what's happening now, if you're a real Christian and the spirit of truth lives inside you, the warning lights, the warning bells, the flashing alarms should be going off in your inner man or in inner woman like never before in the history of your life or in anybody's life going back to the beginning of the world. We are in, by every biblical measurement, by every biblical prophetic passage, we are in the time period known as the last days, which is the time immediately before the second coming of Jesus Christ. So you look at whatever conflict and disaster and and disturbing thing that's going on in America and around the world, and if you analyze it biblically, you'll always come up with the same answer, which is the reason, the ultimate bottom-line reason all of this stuff is happening with such a crescendo is because of the time frame. We are in the last days, for crying out loud. I tried to emphasize this with the cover of my book, Power From On High. Power From On High, there's a picture. Uh, be the author. Where is the book? Power from on high, right behind in the studio. So Power from on high has a picture of me standing in the the, uh, giant train station in Manhattan. And I'm standing near the information booth. You can go to paulmcguire.us, you can see the picture that I'm talking about. You see a picture of me standing directly under the information booth. Above me is a gold clock inside the station, and the the clock is at a particular time. And behind the the giant gold clock is this massive uh, American flag hanging as a memorial, uh, you know, a memorial dedicated to America and our survival, etc. So what I tried to communicate loud and clear on the cover of my book, Power From On High, is that we are in, this is the prophetic time. This is it. That's what I'm trying to communicate. It's, I'm trying to communicate it in, in the way I'm standing, where I'm standing, the information booth. There's, there's symbol. I deliberately chose all these famous symbols at this famous train station that are prophetic. They, they, the, all of these symbols and where I'm standing represents, in my opinion, a very powerful prophetic statement regarding America and the signs of the times in the last days. And this is on the cover of Power from One High. And that's the purpose of Paul McGuire Ministries, Paradise Mountain Church, and everything. It's to communicate this message now. Now, here's what I'm trying to, to, to say to you in summary. Anybody who doesn't get it yet doesn't want to get it. If you choose to be sound asleep, the Lord will let you be sound asleep. If you you choose to turn a blind eye to what's really happening, the Lord will allow you to stay in in zombie land, in a trance-like state if you want. But I'm telling you, anybody who has any brain power at all, anybody who is remotely a legitimate expert on current events, etc., economics, world trends, etc., anyone who is even remotely informed, Christian or non-Christian, 
essentially all have the same perspective, which is the clock is running out for crying out loud. I don't know how more emphatic I can be when I say this. So please don't be insulted, and please don't misunderstand my, my emphatic method of stating this. Don't, don't confuse it with anger. I'm not angry at you. I'm not angry at anybody. I, I am trying to emphatically make a statement designed to rise above the drone sound level of ambiguous noise where you can't even hear yourself think. But I want you to hear yourself think right now. Because there's a Bible verse that's coming to my mind, and I'm going I'm to say it for you. For the spirit of a man or a woman is the candle of the Lord. And this is a biblical principle, which states that the spirit of a man or a woman is the candle of the Lord. This simply means that your human spirit, as a man or a woman, you have a human spirit. For the spirit of a man or a woman is the candle of the Lord. So it is through your human spirit that exists in your inner man or inner woman. It is through your human spirit that the Lord God Almighty speaks to you, illuminates the darkness, supernaturally guides you, shows you what's going to happen before it happens. And all of those activities fall under the category of for the spirit of a man or a woman is the candle of the Lord. The candle of the Lord is when God ignites the very core of your inner man or inner being, which is called the spirit of a man or the spirit of a woman, and when that lights up like a candle and become it will illuminate everything around it. It will shine the light of God everywhere around it. For the spirit of a man or a woman is the candle of the Lord. So anyone who genuinely has the spirit of a man or a woman in them, and if they are born again, then that that spirit of a man or a woman becomes the illuminated candle of the Lord, like a shining light. Jesus is the light. And it lights up your path, and it shows you what's going to happen, and it shows you where we're going. So anyone who's truly born again, you have the candle of the Lord burning brightly from your inner man or woman showing you the way, showing you what's happening right now. And there should be no doubt whatsoever as God turns on this supernatural light so that you can see the way that you're walking in. There should be no doubt in your heart or mind whatsoever that we are now officially in the last days and have been for quite some time. And that, because of the chronological nature of where we are in terms of God's prophetic timetable, we are going to see an acceleration of prophetic events, prophetic signs and wonders, like you have never, ever seen in your entire life. I'm telling you, you better lock and load peacefully. Spiritual warfare is law-abiding and peaceful. Lock and load your spiritual weapons. Fasten your safety belt, and, and in a safe manner and in the proper place, get ready to stomp on the accelerator and burn rubber, because you are about to take the wildest ride of your life, beyond anything that you you have even dared to think of. Now, I have dared to think of most of this stuff, and I've put it in my books, like Power from on High, The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World, Conquering the Matrix, Are You Ready? A Prophecy of the Future of America, Volume 1 and 2. I've put a map 
of what I think is coming in the, in, in the very soon near future for you to examine. But, but get ready to take the ride of your life. Because when the prophetic clock hits the specific time that God prophetically has been warning about for thousands of years, you are going to see the outflowing from the throne room of God an unprecedented, an unprecedented uh, kingdom download, an unprecedented movement from heaven of prophetic signs of the war of Gog and Magog, of, of Armageddon, of the second coming, of the removal of the, the church before uh, the day of the Antichrist, uh, of, of the actual maturation and, and usage of the neural implants and the nanochip implants and all kinds of things that, that will blow your mind. They're all going to begin to unfold with with the speed is the speed will be the equivalent of if you went to some theme park like out here in California we have Magic Mountain, which is part of Seven Flags, and you can take these wild I mean other states too, you can take these wild, crazy roller coaster rides that are like you're being blasted through outer space and turning upside down and everything else. The level of prophetic events and the, the acceleration is going to be mind blowing. You're going to see things happen that, that you never thought would happen. And many of you know people that are stuck in the modality of unbelief and a kind of mental spiritual paralysis. I'm telling you, what's coming will rock your world, and I'm not saying that to frighten you. But most of you are unprepared for what's coming. And the primary way of being prepared for what's coming is to get your life lined up in synchronization with the Word of God and in synchronization with the Lord Jesus Christ, who is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That's why I wrote my book, Are You Ready? I'm like asking the question, are you ready? And I'm asking it to you now. That's the purpose of this ministry, Paul McGuire Ministries, Paradise Mountain Church. So never before in the history of this ministry, and I've been doing this for, for well over 40 years, I've been talking about stuff that has all come true for decade after decade after decade, with an impeccable track record of accuracy, and an impeccable track record of not misfiring and saying really stupid things. My track record is excellent. And so I say to you, are you ready? Are you re I mean, this is it. You've heard about it. People have been talking about this for centuries. I was on the History Channel. On, I, I was one, one of the key experts that came on two different History Channel specials. One was on Armageddon, and one was like, entitled The Seven Horses of the Apocalypse. And these things, these, these were secular programs, but they, they rolled out Bible prophecy right in front of your eyes. And so all of this stuff is happening now. And you were warned that it was happening, and yet you have such a, a, a disbelief. You have such a high level of disconnection. You have a high level of, of you know, making the mental choice of pretending it is not so. Let me tell you, you can make believe it's not so all you want. You can make believe it's not so until the cows come home. And that's a long time for a guy in New York City, because I never was up late enough to see the cows come home, because there were never any cows near where I lived. This stuff is coming hot, heavy, and furious. And you have to be prepared spiritually. Number one, you have to be born again. Number two, you have to be filled with the Spirit or power from one eye. Number three, you have to renew your mind with the mind of Christ by reading the entire Bible. 
You have to be prayed up. You have to commit your way to God. You've got to get in gear spiritually, because one day, one hour, completely without you expecting it or completely without me expecting it, although I will have warned about it in a general sense, I probably talked about it countless times, but Jesus and the Bible says that when Christ returns, he's going to come like a thief in the night. A thief in the night comes when you least expect it. You're sound asleep. You're not expecting the thief to come in the middle of the night. So you're caught off guard. You're caught off on complete surprise, like a thief in the night. So what does that mean? It means you've got to get right with God. I'm not saying this because I like to hear myself talk, although I've been accused of it. (laughs) I'm saying this because I genuinely, motivated by the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Almighty God, which is love, I genuinely am energized to express the love of God towards you individually right now by reminding you in love that Christ is coming, and you better get ready. That's not fear. That's called, like, intelligence. It's called, like, make sure you before you take your long drive that you actually check your gas tank and make sure you filled up the gas tank. I'm giving you a similar kind of warning. It's a warning or cautionary warning out of love. You've got to be prepared. And if you have got your mind locked into teachers, Bible teachers and preachers and pastors and churches that are anesthetizing you, putting you into a subconscious state or a sleep or a hypnotic trance, if that's where you like hanging out spiritually, I want to tell you something right to your face in the love, the agape love of Jesus Christ. I want to look right into your eyes right now. And in the love of Jesus Christ, I want to say directly to you as I'm looking in your eyes, God. Whatever my imperfections are, and there are many, God is using this program, the Paul McGuire Report, Paradise Mountain Church, God is using this ministry, this program, this voice, to communicate his prophetic and biblical warning to you and the people you know, right? There, you may have noticed that in the last, what, six months to seven months or longer, It's hard for me to recall because time goes by so fast for me. You may have noticed, I know you've noticed because I got many emails and letters where you've mentioned it. You notice that there has been a noticeable uptick, a noticeable increase in the amplitude, in the power, in the sense of urgency in my voice in recent months and weeks. Even before the, 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 the vax crisis, I was trying to make you aware of certain things coming, as I am doing now. So I'm warning you. And I'm warning you not to scare you or frighten you. I'm warning you out of the love of Jesus Christ. And I'm reaching out to you now as best as I know how, trying to get out of the way so the Spirit of God can move. Trying to get out of the way, uh, out of the way of God's Holy Spirit right now, because the Spirit of God is moving right. Now. Lord, get Paul McGuire and his personality. Move his, move him out of the way from what you're doing now over this program, over this ministry. Lord, I choose to step out of your way, and not that you need my permission to move, but I humbly yield myself to you, and I give you permission. I humble myself before God, and I give you full permission to take over the program and everything that I'm saying. And I ask that right now, Lord, 
that the windows of heaven would be opened up and that you would release your power through your spirit, your prophetic word, and that you would move powerfully right now in the name of Jesus, God. I thank you, God, that your spirit is gushing from the throne room of God and that it's touching many hearts and minds and souls right now in Jesus. I thank you that people who have hard hearts actually now supernaturally have the ability to hear you calling, and they know that it's you, Jesus, and that you're calling them right now out of love and out of concern for them and their loved ones. And Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that the Spirit of God would quicken people's minds and they would wake up to the fact that this is not some imaginary science fiction trip. This is not some made-up deal. But this is the real deal, and this is really happening. And yes, we are in the end of the age. And if I did anything or said anything that would diminish that truth, I would be failing God. So I get out of God's way because God is touching many of you now in your heart. It's a deeper touch than just being touched intellectually. When the Spirit of God begins to touch you in your heart, and the Spirit of God begins to move upon your heart, and He gives you a revelation that what is being said is not the result of human manipulation, but what is being said is the direct byproduct of the Spirit of God being released in people's lives. And God is releasing His Spirit in your life right at this nanosecond. So let's praise God together that at this nanosecond, the Spirit of God is ministering to you and touching you. I ask you to join with me and to stand with me. This is a spiritual battle that we've been called to overcome. God bless you. This is your brother in Christ, Paul McGuire. Visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. And together, we shall take the land and bring in this last day's soul harvest. God bless you, Paul McGuire.